Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. And let's read this with the thought in mind that we want to be the bond slaves of the Lord Almighty and of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has purchased us by His own precious blood to be His servants forever. A few of us were speaking before the service this morning that being a slave of the Lord Almighty or a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ is a noble, wonderful position to have. The Apostle Paul was not ashamed in the least to say that he was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a title that we ought to take and fulfill, meaning that we're serving him by doing his will at all times. And let's read this 63rd Psalm with that in mind, that God is our God, that early will we seek Him, and that our delight is in Him, and that our soul is going to follow hard after Him. Let's all rise together and give honor to the Word of God this way, and read this Psalm in unison. Psalm 63, together. O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Every one that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Amen Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. O God, He is God already. He was God before He created the heavens and the earth, and He was God before He formed you in the womb of your mother. But is He your God by you identifying yourself with Him and claiming Him as your God? And declaring that you are his slave, his servant forever. O God, thou art my God. A divine ruler. Are you going to seek him early? Is he so important to you that early in the day, early in your life, early before other things claim your time, you're going to seek him? Does your soul thirst for him? Do you understand how dry of a land we live in and that there is no water? There is nothing to satisfy the thirsty soul that thirsts for God 
Because this world is no friend of the Lord Almighty. This world is an enemy of God. There is no water to satisfy the thirst of a man who craves the Lord, who craves God as his God. But where do we go to find a little bit of sustenance and moisture for our dried up souls? We come into the sanctuary, as the second verse tells us, where we can see his power and his glory from his word. We can sing about his power and his glory, and we can admonish and instruct one another through the words of the songs that we sing in this church, so that we can see and hear and remember the power and glory of our God in his sanctuary. And though this might not look like much of a sanctuary, it is made special not by the building. It is made special by the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, by his Spirit. The psalmist would say, further describing God as his God, in verse 3, because his loving kindness is better than life. What do you have in life that you think is special? Anything that you consider special in life is a laugh, is a joke in comparison to the Lord and his loving kindness. This man understood, this psalmist understood in how to rank the things of life, how to put them in order. And he understood that God's loving kindnesses, most of which are spiritual in nature, though we enjoy many natural loving kindnesses as well, are better than life. They're the only thing that gives life meaning and value. They're above and beyond life. They're going to extend extend past life. They extend higher than this earthly sphere. And we ought to measure all things by that. My lips shall praise thee because your loving kindness is so great, I am going to use my lips to praise you. This is a relationship with the Lord. I will bless thee while I live. But it says, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. I'm going to do it with joyful lips. I'm going to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting, as 1 Timothy chapter 2 describes it. This is worshiping God as your God. Do you love to praise the Lord? Maybe some of you are wondering, why am I talking about last Lord's Day? I love last Lord's Day. Amen. Because to praise the Lord with joyful lips, according to the second half of verse 5, Gives me satisfaction as with marrow and fatness. Do you understand that fifth verse? My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Marrow is that tender, delicate fat that is in the, is inside large bones that can be scooped out and is the most delicate, flavorful part of an animal that you can eat. My soul will be satisfied as if I was eating a delicacy like marrow and fatness. Lean cuts of meat are garbage for pleasure. It's fat, the fat of the land, that makes things good. It's fat that has flavor. And so the psalmist here is saying, My soul shall be satisfied as if I had eaten a meal of marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. We put those two things together. Soul satisfaction is expressed by praising Him with joyful lips, and satisfaction of soul is obtained by praising Him with joyful lips. And my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips, these two things that go hand in hand, when I stop in my bed and consider Thee. 
When I remember thee upon my bed, when I do that, when I remember thee, when I meditate on thee in the night watches, it's going to result in soul satisfaction. Many times in our thoughts we think of what could be, what should be, what might have been, what once was, and is now lost, and we think these negative thoughts and make our life less than it actually is by thinking in a downward spiral of things we wish were different. But the psalmist here is describing about thinking upon the Lord, remembering Him and meditating on Him in the night watches. When there's nothing to distract your thoughts, and before you get to sleep, or in the middle of the night when you wake up from sleep, what do your thoughts turn to? The psalmist said they were going to turn to the Lord. And when they turned to the Lord, it was going to bring him soul satisfaction, and he was going to want to praise the Lord with joyful lips. This is a bountiful life right there. Those two verses, 5 and 6, brought together describe a bountiful life. This is a full life. This is a satisfied life. This is a soul that is full. This is being lifted up in the Lord, as Bible expressions describe it. And it starts with remembering and meditating upon the Most High, our God. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. Well, having those promises, think upon those promises. And let let those promises lift your heart in the Lord. And find the soul satisfaction that comes from it. Verse 7, because thou hast been my help... Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Because God has helped us in the past, we will trust him no matter what the circumstances of the future might be. Now, verse 8. Is this describing you and your relationship with the Lord? Or are you truly a slave of the Lord Almighty? My soul followeth hard after thee. I am not going to be left behind. I am not going to forget or get separated from you. My soul Followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. The Lord upholds those with his right hand. Why is that in the same sentence you should be asking? The Lord upholds those with his right hand who follow hard after him. Packed together in verse 8. But then David, the psalmist, describes in verses 9 and 10, those that seek his soul to destroy it. David had enemies most of his life. And those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, according to 2 Timothy 3.12. But they're going to fall by the sword, and they're going to be a portion for foxes. They're going to die out in the middle of the woods. Listen, foxes do not company with men. They're going to be lost forever out in desolate places. But the king shall rejoice in God. Though David was a king, and as a king he had liberties, privileges, power, and pleasures that ordinary citizens don't have. It didn't. That didn't satisfy David. The king was going to rejoice in God. We're not kings in the sense that David was a king here. Therefore, we need to rejoice in God even more than he. But even with all the things that he had, he still rejoiced in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. Everyone that takes an oath and swears in the name of the Lord Almighty and keeps that oath shall glory. Because that's an act of worship. And that was uniting them to their God. But those that speak lies shall be stopped. There's a man that might make an oath or make a promise and not keep it. This is the word of the Lord, Psalm 63, to our hearts. We've come into the sanctuary to see his glory and his power. Are you following hard after him? Do you understand the soul satisfaction that is just waiting for you? God will dwell with you. 
He will walk with you. He will be your God. You can be his people. He will receive you. He will be your father. You can be his sons and daughters. Seven promises. Those seven promises can give you soul satisfaction like nothing else. Are you rising early to seek him? Do you meditate on him in the night watches? Do you remember him? Are you following hard after him? Is he your God? O God, thou art my God. Amen and amen.